Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best founders and investors to help you scale a business from 1 million to 1 trillion. Today's guest is a very special one. Her name is Martina, the CEO of Trigi. Martina, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Mike. I'm so happy to be here. Likewise, it's it's a pleasure to, to have you. And uh, we had a, a woman CEO coming from Stockholm uh, as the first episode of the year. So it's it's great to uh, have you, Martina, representing the, the female CEOs in in the in the show and uh, also with a company based in Stockholm but you are actually based in in the south of France right so uh, great to have you here yeah correct well amazing to be here and, and amazing to just as you mentioned be, be the first Swedish uh, CEO for the year that's uh, great <laughs> and uh, yeah for the ones who didn't have the privilege to to get to know you yet uh so let us know a little bit more about your your story and your your background before uh starting trig or before being uh joining triggers as as professional ceo uh well well thank you mike uh, i've done something completely uh, different before uh Trigi, we're a b2b tech company and we're, we're active in, in the sports betting industry, uh, working with, with operators, affiliates, media companies, and, and others. Uh, and, and before I joined Trigi two and a half years ago, uh, I've done 20 years within banking and finance. Uh, I've had various senior positions, uh, such as I, I started as, as team, leader, team leader within operations at NASDAQ. Uh, continued as, as management consultant, uh, head of regulatory reporting, head of project management office. I've done uh, agile ways of working at an entire bank, uh, organizational change. Uh, and my last position within banking and finance was uh, CMO. So, so many different uh, positions, but I think my my passion uh, and strength has always been to, to um, work with a team to, to make sure that they can deliver in, in an efficient uh, and also uh, fun way and, and be able to set up structures and, and processes and, and make sure that we deliver on goals. Uh, and right. that I've done in, in many different areas, which I truly enjoy. And uh, and how did you see this this transition? I know that sometimes we forget that even in large uh, companies you have smaller and larger teams and different cells. Uh, so you you also can have the experience of working with a very small team and with limited resources in a in a large organization. But it's it's also always a different risk uh, profile to to come from a, a corporate established company. And and go uh, join a startup as as professional CEO. Uh, what how, how did you decide to 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 move into this this direction? And uh, how were you able to prepare your mindset to to join a, a startup team? Uh, well, well, interesting question, and it's <laughs> correct that I've worked in in various like sizes of organizations. But um, I think I, I realized after my twenty years within banking and finance that I've I've had it with the politics uh, and and the structures uh, and um, uh, long how do you say decision making processes, um, and um, so I just I just. 
uh, had it. It, it was uh, enough uh, also working in, in really like uh, old organizations um, where, where my possibilities to, to develop were, were really limited. Uh, and I just, I, I couldn't see uh, my future um, in, in, that, um, in that industry. Uh, and, and, but now, of course, you're, you're into a really interesting uh, topic, like um, uh, taking the leap and then joining a, a startup exactly. or scale up as, as Triggy uh, uh, was and, and are. Uh, yeah. And I think like as um, me and my career has developed, uh, my thing has always been that I, I, I cannot say no to an exciting challenge. Uh, and uh, meeting the founders of Trigate really it felt good in my in my stomach and heart. Uh, and even though it was it was a completely new area for me, I felt they uh, they had have a really long experience from the bedding industry. Uh, while I could could bring many other of my knowledges that that Trigate uh, needed, uh, so we felt like we were a good combination. Uh, and, and I yeah. just, um, I, I love the quote by Richard Branson, where he said that uh, if someone offers you an, an uh, amazing possibility and you don't know how to do it, uh, say yes and then learn how to do it. <laughs> love it. Uh, I love Great that time. as well. And that's always <laughs> been my thing that I just, I have to say yes, <laughs> if it feels good. Too good to to not be able to say yes. I I, I like exactly. that, uh, that approach. Then you figure out how to, how to do it, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Learning and, by doing. Exactly, and sometimes you even surprise yourself. So to to again to a new opportunity that you never thought of, and yeah. that you and that you are much better doing that than what we were doing uh, previously. So it is the the perfect sweet spot uh, for us, right? So that, yeah, that's it is. <laughs> but I, I don't know your experience. I, I normally like all the, the new positions that I've accepted. I, I normally come, you, you, you're like in your honeymoon phase in the beginning and you just love right. everything. But like after a certain amount of time, it's maybe like three or six months, something like that. <laughs> then I'm normally in a position where, like, where I feel like um, I've... Um, uh, how do you say I feel insecure and like okay what yeah. why do I always have to push myself and do this um, right. uh, but then um, uh, as soon as you're like over uh, over that hill then it's just as you're saying then you're starting to feel comfortable and, and really enjoy it again uh, yeah. but um, but I think it's like every position I've had I, I always come to a point where I'm like but Jesus, I'm crazy that I always challenge <laughs> myself and push myself. And but of course, uh, that's part of the fun. And you joined a tree in, in October of 2020. So during the, the pandemic, also an exciting time to, to join a scale-up. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Exactly. Or, or especially a company within sports betting, where I don't know if you remember, but all sports yes. were cancelled uh, in the be beginning of the pandemic. So, so Triggy lost uh, all their users uh, really like uh over a couple of days so it was challenging oh. times um but i think the um 
uh, the founders made a really like um, uh, impressive decision that that we go. Uh, they had the shareholders believing and supporting them, so uh, they they hired me, and and we hired an amazing tech team and just kept on building Triggy even during challenging times. Yeah. I think it's always interesting. We had several cases of uh, of this on the show of uh, professional CEOs joining the the founders, uh, but but it's it's always quite unique and uh, it's it's always a different story. So it's it's always good to learn from from your experience there. But um, can you tell us a little bit more about the founders? What were the positions that you were playing, and what are the positions that they are playing now? Uh, after you have joined it, why they decided to to invite you to to join? So a little bit about the story of uh, of having a professional CEO joining. I think it would be also uh, beneficial for other founders that are considering to invite or to consider to have a professional CEO coming, and also for for the ones who are considering to join founders as professional CEOs for both sides. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Um, and, and I think that there, there are many founders that maybe after a while they, they realize that they are interested in focusing on, on certain areas uh, of the company. And the founders of Trigi, uh, one wanted to focus on, on sales and strategy, uh, one uh, CFO and one uh, CXO or like innovation and user experience. So they, they wanted to focus on the areas where, where they that they really enjoy and, and where point. they found their like strengths and, and interests. Um, and, um, and while they had big plans for Triggy, uh, and I think they were really wise that no, none of them wanted to be the CEO and none of them felt it was their like uh, key uh, key profession to like build a company in a structured way. Uh, so I think they were really like wise that, okay, we'll, we'll try to find someone who compliments us instead. Uh, and that's I think fun. that's always like when, when you build a team or, or a company, you should surround yourself with people that compliment you in or each other uh, in a good way. Uh, so, so that was the reason for them. Uh, but of course, for me, uh, meeting them, uh, it was also, I, I know, working with founders and entrepreneurs, that's, uh, that can be an experience um, <laughs> from many perspectives. Um, so for me, it was really important to like talk about what was the expectations of my role, what like, um, um, how much... Um, uh, how can you say, like freedom and charge would they like give me? Right. Uh, would I be able to run the company or would I only be their puppy? Uh, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, it's important that you have those kind of um, discussions before. So so you are yeah. clear on, on everyone's roles. Uh, so, but, but I think um, uh, we, we, um, we are an amazing combination that, that complement each other in a really good way. But um, I both experienced and, and know of, of the exact opposite as well. Uh, so I think um, uh, you should do your like, uh, how do you say, due diligence, uh, both, exactly. as founders, um, both as founders, but also as external CEO to, to make sure that you get in, in a good place for you. I think it's it's very good for both sides. Of course, when you are passionate, you feel that the chemistry is there. You want to move mm. as quickly as as possible. But uh, but if you don't establish the the grounding uh, rules uh, in the beginning, and you, if you don't understand that really 
the product that you have and the team that you have might help you to become successful uh, in the role. Um, it, it's it's important to go through those stages before uh, jumping in for for both sides. So yeah, exactly. uh, really agree. And and I also agree with you that is it is a luxury for for the founders and for the CEO to first having someone doing a, a job that they don't uh, like or a role that they don't like, and also for the CEO to have amazing founders that are super passionate about what they do and in areas that are critical for for the company to to move to the next stage so uh, and and I, I would say even having founders it's a, it's a different kind of commitment from having leadership team members um and and in that sense I can see a big advantage so they kind of brief the company because they've built it and they want it so much to to succeed of course there are pros and cons but I but I can see a a great combination and also a huge sense of relief for the founders to know, yeah, I don't need to know anymore a job that I ate or a role that I ate, which is to 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 lead a company and and take care of a lot of issues that I that I don't like to do to focus, as I said, on what I'm more passionate about yeah. and having a, a a larger impact or an higher impact for for the success of the company. Yeah. You kind of introduced a bit also um, what is Trigi, uh, but if you want to go deeper, I'm more than happy to to give context to the audience. And also, you mentioned that Trigi is a is a skill up, but if you could also help us understand where it is in terms of the stage of growth, uh, that would be great as well. Yeah, absolutely, and I'd be happy to. Uh, so, so Trigi, as, as I mentioned before, we're, we're a B2B tech company. Uh, Trigi was founded 2017 by, by the three founders. Um, we, we are active within the sports betting industry. Uh, we, we have a, a platform where we combine data odds and user insights. Uh, the, the sports betting industry is a little bit, uh, how would you say, like old school from a tech perspective. Uh, and, and we are really, we're working with AI and focusing on user experience to really make it simple for, for um, maybe a, a fan that have never placed a bet before to actually place a bet. Uh, but also for an experience better to, to uh, make even better bets in a, in a highly efficient way. Uh, we're working with operators and affiliates and media companies, also sports teams. Uh, we do it on, on a global level. Uh, so we're live in Europe, Asia, uh, US and Latam. Uh, we uh, only in like regulated or gray markets that are going to be regulated. Um, I mentioned our platform and on top of that platform, we have two different or three different products. We have mm -hmm. a live score app that you can just brand and release in Google Play and App Store. Uh, it's um, uh, an amazing marketing tool to build your brand, uh, to, to engage your users, but also to, to find new uh, users. And we also have um, a smart banner or widgets that you can uh, easily integrate into your website. Uh, it automatically reads what the article uh, is about and always presents relevant odds connected to that and the market that you're in. 
uh, and we also have a, a built-in solution. Uh, so, so different uh, products for the sports betting industry. And I like the international coverage. So Europe, US, uh, LATAM, and uh, and Asia. And um, in terms of uh, fundraising, is there any uh, stats or any lessons that you'd like to to share? I know that you also um, you are aligned with the with the current downturn, where uh, investors are uh, valuing much more companies that are capital efficient that are able to 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 have a plan to be break even or even already to have a break even at the moment so what are some of your thoughts uh about the the fundraising and, and being capital efficient um, yeah that's a, that's a really interesting topic and and we're in the middle of it uh Trigi has has raised uh, one time before and now we are raising again uh, and, and this race takes us to break even. Uh, I think that um, okay. just, uh, just as you're, you mentioned, it's, uh, it's more important today uh, to, to reach break, break even than, than ever yeah. before. Uh, looking back just a year ago, it, it wasn't the same kind of market, but it now is for sure. Uh, we will get to uh, EBITDA break-even just, um, just now, uh, cash flow break-even in, in the end of the year, this year. Uh, and I think Amazing. that, um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, of course like racing. That's, that's, uh, it's an interesting process that you, that you learn many things from. Uh, of course, you want, to, you want to find like great strategic investors that can help you build the company in the best possible way. Um, and I have to say that, that we have some amazing investors at, at Trigi that really supports us uh, and help us. And, and being a, a startup scale-up, that's, that's really important. You're working so hard yourself. Uh, to do everything that you want to do uh, and having investors that support you and help you in that you're just so grateful for it uh, so so my advice would be to to choose your investors wisely uh, but also um, um, reaching break even now we're um, uh, with the first uh, live score app we released like three years ago we've had like since in the first three or four years we spent almost all our time developing our tech about six months ago we released our second product the the smart banner or the widgets mm -hmm. uh, and then um, uh, as i mentioned before we we hired an amazing tech team uh, that has their background in nasdaq they have really developed our tech, made, making it highly scalable. Uh, and of course, they're really, uh, they are super specialized in building systems that can handle big amounts of transactions and data in a highly efficient way. That's great. Uh, so, so we are like uh, ready to scale. Uh, and and when, when we're looking back, um, I, I just summarized last year and, and we increased our revenue by 150, 150%. Wow. At the same time, we, we cut our costs, streamlining the organization to, to get to break even as soon as possible. And we also more than doubled the amount of clients um, wow. and, and going into many new markets. So it's, it's tough work. <laughs> it really exactly. is. 
but but we are super happy that that we see the break-even point um, soon in front of us. And great to see that you did uh, all of that by even investing more on on the product to be able to be more scalable and also to add new product lines or new models that would be able also to increase maybe your ACV or your average revenue per account or even your uh, net revenue retention growing from existing customers more with the product. I think this is also a very relevant uh, topic for, for current times, right? To be mm. able to use the product, to leverage the product, to provide a better service to our clients and even to uh, have to, to serve them better so they are willing to want to consume more of the product and in that sense be able to to pay more for for the product mm, yeah absolutely and, and I think that's um, uh, many now are, are focusing on on the difficult economic environment that we're in but I would say that there are also there are many like positive things or, or possibilities with, with a tougher uh, economic environment. Because it really, um, um, if, if you're an investor, like the, the companies, uh, some uh, develop uh, and improve uh, and are able to adapt uh, to that and, and can really flourish uh, during difficult, um, difficult um, uh, times while, while others can't make it. Uh, so I think that, um, of, of course, during more challenging times, uh, the, the stronger and more adaptive companies are the ones that, that, that will go stronger through it. Absolutely. So, but it, it's incredible how you were able to make your current team more productive by, by restructuring it and at the same time still investing in the product and still achieving great uh, revenue goals in terms of the um, a growth of more than two x uh, the revenue and uh, and also increasing the number of uh, of logos or or clients. Mm. Uh, it's 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 quite impressive for for some of the founders and CEOs that might be thinking about uh, doing that. So, what are some of your tips to to bring that clarity about what needs to be made in order to get closer to? Uh, a cash flow break even. I, I enjoy the way you put it. It's a cash flow break even, which is different from a PL uh break even. Mm. <laughs> and, yeah. and cash uh, is super important in any company, yeah. even it, more it important is. than the PL. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh exactly. Uh but uh, but but I I uh, my, my advice would be like uh, we invested a lot or we put a lot of time to, to have uh, efficient and scalable tech. Uh, yeah. And I think that is like, um, it's, it's, how do you say, like easy uh, to just develop new things, but then you build up this like technical depth uh, right. that, that makes you or, or you become maybe slower and slower uh, going forward. So uh, I'm, I'm so impressed by our, our tech team that, that they are able to always work with this at the same time that, okay, we need to always develop and improve. But we always have to take take care on, on the tech that we have. Uh, so we always can do things in, in an efficient way. Uh, so that's that's one part of it. 
but also in, in different phases of a company, of course, you need to focus on different things. Uh, we needed, as, as I said, we could like streamline the organization while we were like developing our platform and tech, then, then we had to be more amount of people. Um, while, while now that we are ready to scale, we don't need to be as many people on like product development and, and tech. Uh, we more need to, like, we have a great tech team and we need more need to focus on sales. Uh, so it's it's different phases needs different kind of competences. And then I think you as right. a... Uh, as, as a leader, you, you have to, to take those tough decisions and, and maybe uh, change uh, once in a while, uh, even though it's, it's, of course, tough because you always uh, like everyone that you work with, hopefully. Absolutely. And, and um, you're talking about that you have a very experienced tech team. So did you hire it internally or, or, or is it subcontracted or outsourced in a, in a certain way? Yeah. Um, well, uh, our core tech team has always been, been employed by us. Uh, we, like during tech and product development, I think it's it's super important that you can work close to each other and, and that you really right. work on the communication and, and like that you really have a, a tight uh, team and teamwork. Uh, so that's been super important to us. Um, now, since about a year ago, we can we can work with external resources where we where our tech is more a copy paste phase, certain parts Got of it. it. Then it's easier for us to to let someone else do it. Yeah. Uh, but but our core and our innovation we always want to keep uh, in house yeah. at Trigi. This is a good advice for the ones who are listening, because of course, being more capital efficient and achieving um, uh, cash, uh, yeah. cash flow break even, uh, this kind of decisions. It, it's nice the advice that you are sharing that keeping the core uh, inside the company and and then being able to grow quicker by outsourcing some components that are not so strategic and that you that you need quality and speed to be able to deploy faster um your products it, it's it's a good strategy to follow instead of just deciding should we outsource uh tech or should we uh if tech all uh yeah. within the company yeah, because, I, I think it's yeah. uh, I, I think it's a good combination it, it also <clears throat> besides that we can be more cost efficient we can also be flexible because maybe one or two or like a quarter we might have many many clients to add while another quarter we might be in a right. position where, where we don't uh, and then it's uh, it's much more flexible. cost efficient when you can be flexible it's a variable cost instead of a, mm. uh, a fixed cost uh, exactly. definitely makes a lot of sense and i know that you are very passionate about uh, about leadership and about sustainable leadership work life balance uh, art uh, versus mind decision making um, could you share a little bit more about your leadership style and uh, what you believe in in terms of leadership and leading your team yeah, absolutely, Mike. And and just as you mentioned, this is like one of my um, uh, passions in, in life. I think like coming from, from the background that I do, uh, banking and finance, uh, I, I felt uh, once in a while where, where I, I wasn't in, in a position where, where um, I was uh, that happy. Um, and maybe with with uh, my manager or maybe with the team I was in or, or so forth. 
um, structure. Uh, and um, uh, so to me, like feeling good in life and having a balance, that is something uh, that is, is so important to me. Uh, and, and as a leader, I know that uh, when I get those when I can work uh, in that way, uh, I perform um, my best. Uh, so I want to give the same uh, to the ones that I'm working with. Because uh, when you have um, balance in life, I think that you're long term um, highly efficient uh, or you, uh, you succeed in, in the long run winning situation where, where you, you set people under too much pressure uh, during uh, too long right. time. Uh, it will, um, uh, it's, not, um, uh, it's not a long-term solution. <clears throat> so I, I always want everyone to, to be their best. And I think uh, if, if you work with a leader uh, that, that works that way, you always, you want to perform your best. And I think there also, it has to be an understanding that in different phases of, of life, you perform in different ways and then you need to live your life in different ways. Um, uh, when I had small kids, then of course, maybe um, uh, getting home in time or, or being able to come a little bit later in the morning, that was super important to me, but I could right. still work really hard or, or to make that up, I could... Uh, sit in the evenings to do the things that I, I didn't have the time to do daytime uh, while maybe now now my kids are older and, and now I have a little bit more time so I can give more to the company so I think yeah, as a leader and, and as an employee and as a company I think it's good to have a long-term perspective that's that's a great point and especially in this kind of companies where uh it's it's super intense and it's an emotional uh roller coaster to be able to also be able to to manage the ups and downs and and sometimes uh i know by experience that uh, there are some moments in in the growth of the company they are so emotional that you might not be doing a lot but from an emotional perspective you are very tired and it's also important to take your time and to rest and to mm. recover and uh, and come back so sometimes it's not also the amount of time that we work on things it's also the intensity the emotional intensity of uh, of those hours and of those uh, moments and the importance of the decisions that we are uh, making for for the company and as you said mm. of course also the the relationship of what is going on at home and in our uh, personal lives right? yeah yeah and i think it's it's always a matter of give and take um, um between a, a manager a company and an employee uh, and, and of course being a startup scale up you um your um, your success is based on on the um uh, on on the um, on the employees so and and that's uh, also like maybe you, you cannot uh, maybe you cannot give the highest salaries on the market uh, so, so you also have to, to give other things such as flexibility working from home Good flexible point, hours um, like um, getting uh, like shares in the company and then so forth um, and, and uh, you only want your uh, the, the best employees to, to be happy and, and stay 
Yeah. Something also important, important is, uh, is of course, decision-making uh, in the context of uncertainty. And that's the case of with any startup. But I would say with leadership in general and being a CEO of a company in general, you need to make a lot of decisions where you don't have data. But I think that's in, in scale-ups uh, and, and startups, this is really uh in, in a lot of situations, that's the case. So we need to make decisions without having all the context and all the, the data to support those those decisions, yeah. right? And, and it's curious to see that uh, I feel that you you also consider your gut feeling, your art when you are making decisions, not just your mind. And I think that it happens to all of us some moments that our mind is telling us that that direction seems the right one to go. But there is something wrong about that direction. But from a rational perspective, it is clear that that should be the direction. But from a, a, a kind of a gut feeling, art perspective, it doesn't feel right. It feels mm. right, much much better the other position, the other um, option. That's from again from a rational perspective, it doesn't make too much sense. So uh, how do you handle this as as a leader? Uh, I think that that would be. Uh, well, when I, I think it, it takes practice uh, to because it's we, we come from from a society where, where we are taught to, to take the rational decisions, uh, but um, uh, just um, by, by living life, uh, I've, I've come to the conclusion for me, and, and I think the same applies to, to most people that um, all of us, uh, we just want to be happy. And, and if we are going to ha be happy, we have to start listening to, to our heart and our gut feeling, uh, both in, in personal and business life. Uh, and I'm, I'm, um, I'm so impressed by entrepreneurs and leaders that can build amazing companies working that way because I, I've really seen it, uh, and I think yeah. um, um, you, you think that uh, being a successful entrepreneur, you would like, um, oh, oh, how do you say it, like uh, be really tough and um, exactly. um, hard and, and everything, but I'm, I'm so impressed by, by the people who, who've been able to build organizations being be just modest kind and they also they build the culture um, just right. around the, how, how they are themselves uh, and and creating such a company and, and such a culture I think that's amazing to see um, and, and also sharing their success and, and their revenues maybe on like um, charity and doing good uh, yep. that is something that I think is is more impressive than the, um, the highest revenue yeah and then the culture is definitely a big differentiator if you want to retain the best and be able to attract uh, great talent to produce business results uh, exactly. it, is, it is critical yeah. to have an amazing culture and also to be flexible in terms of the benefits as you suggested before um, that you offer compared to to other companies kind of being more remote friendly being able to integrate better life and uh, and work in different moments uh, of people and sometimes there are very simple gestures that leaders can do that have a higher impact sometimes yeah. someone is going through a difficult moment and just telling them uh, take one or two days uh, to take care of it uh, will be able to 
to make it work without you during those two days please have your time and and get back those kind of moments really are also able to to conquer mm. someone's art uh, exactly. of course also doing that not because you want that but because you you feel that this is the right thing to do and that's what you would love to to other to other leaders do do the same with you right so mm. I exactly really and, and i think it's it's just as you're saying it's so important um uh, in in the culture of the company but that's also that's that's how we at triggy that's how we um, uh, recruited our board that's how we work with our investors uh our shareholders uh, that's how how we uh, work with with our customers um, we want to, to have a, a good cooperation, and I think you do that by, by starting it in, in the same way uh, that um, uh, a cooperation and, and sign your clients, it should be something that feels like a win-win from both yeah. perspectives, because then you really um, uh, make way for an, for an amazing uh, cooperation. Yeah, and as a question of curiosity, uh, we are we are seeing different um, different options in terms of uh, more remote setting, an hybrid setting, or an office setting at Triggy. Okay. Nowadays, we are seeing hybrid, remote uh, office policies uh, in terms of Triggy. Do you have any kind of uh, policy for 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 the team? Um, um, yes, or or um, how would you say? I I think um, before the pandemic, uh, we had an office. Uh, we we um, we kept the office for for quite a while, uh, but. Um, but about a year ago, we decided to leave the office because hardly anyone uh, wasn't using it. Right. Uh, and then we we had no office uh, for for about a year, uh, and and joint office spaces and and rented conference rooms and and so forth uh, when when we felt that we needed it. Uh, but now we have just uh, we have decided to to have an office again. Uh, and I think it's. Um, coming back to office and, and coming back to pandemic, I think you, you I think it's difficult if you if you force uh, your employees to like now you have to be at the office three or four days a week. Uh, I still it's or I think it's still important that you uh, you rather try to work with communication and and um, um, how do you say soft, uh, positive ways of, of trying to, to get uh, the employees back to office, and uh, they have to see the, the purpose of being there. Uh, so uh, we we try to we have an office and, and we schedule meetings and, and so forth. But we try to to uh, see when most people will will be in the office uh, and go out for lunch together and, and so forth. So we try to to make it uh, it's something that you choose, not something yeah. that we um, decide for a while. God, it makes a lot of sense. So and let's go to the last segment of the show where I ask you a, a quick uh, question and you give me, a, please, a, a brief answer. And uh, starting with the first one, if you would have the opportunity to have a coffee uh, with yourself when you join it, 
Uh, Trigi, what advice would you offer to your younger self? Two, two years and a half ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that uh, everything will work out. Uh, I know that was something my my father told me when I was like 15 and you know that the teenagers problem you feel like everything is so much drama and, and the end of the world. Uh, he always said, told me like it, it will work out uh, and, and that is something that I, I keep on repeating to myself uh, but of course coming to, to, a, to a startup scale up uh, raising capital and, and being in a completely different position uh, than I've been before it's, it's been more important to me uh, than ever to, to keep on repeating that to myself that everything will work out. Right. And what are you the most proud on your training so far? Um, I would say um, surrounding myself with, with amazing people. Uh, it, it brings me so much joy, uh, but it also gives me the courage to, to continue um, uh, challenging myself and believing in myself because I have amazing people that surrounding me. Right. Worst advice ever received? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe um, uh, worst advice. Um, maybe try and work harder. Um, yeah. I think that you should try to put yourself in positions where you can be in a flow, uh, where you are uh, your best. Uh, yeah. Then normally things feel easy. If you feel that you have to work harder and harder and harder, uh, I think that maybe you're in, in the wrong place. Great point. I love it so much uh so so much value there and now the resources your favorite book uh business or non-business you you decide <laughs> oh you know <laughs> i i do i do so much business so on, on my spare time <laughs> i i try to to do uh or, or uh, read uh, other things than business uh so i would say the the power of now which is like a more philosophical book uh, but still I, I have to say that it gives me it, it learns me or, or it gives me so much uh, about myself um, which, which like learn how to lead yourself that's the best way of learning how to lead others uh, so I would say that um, developing and, and um, focusing on yourself that's like the best thing you can do to to, to be a great leader. Uh, and that's also like, as I mentioned before, I'm also a yoga instructor. And, and um, you could say that that is something just to do to work out or, or whatever. Uh, but for me, that was like my, besides having kids, it was my, my biggest personal development mm -hmm. because I learned so much about myself. And it was also my best ever leadership course. Yeah, so um, yeah, I, I, I try to focus on those things because it gives me so much uh, also on the leadership and business perspective. And favorite movie or series? Um, well, uh, series, I, I um, 
Uh, I also try to not um, uh, be that much in, into to business. Uh, yeah. I, um, I, I, I cannot say just, just one. There are many different. And also different <laughs> times of life, you, you want to, to look at different kind of things. Uh, but um, yeah, I cannot mention one that is a favorite. Sorry. <laughs> Sounds great. No worries. And and finally, your favorite podcast, excluding this one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, well, I would say also it it depends on what what I'm focusing on uh, in life. But right now, it's a lot of of personal development. Uh, so I I listen to to a lot within that area, which I find uh, really really interesting. Sounds great. Martina, thanks so much for making the time. All, all the best with, uh, with Trigi. And you are always welcome to, to come back to share the, the progress and the next chapters of your journey. Well, thank you, Mike. I'm, I'm super happy. And, and thank you for inviting me. It was such a pleasure to be part of the Scale of Valley podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And to our community, thanks for being there. We keep bringing you the best uh, CEOs and investors and founders to help you scale your business uh, in a much easier way. See you soon and keep scaling. Mm -hmm.